He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else on today's edition of Hall Access. Joining me via the Laser Hotline, Avenged Sevenfold bassist Johnny Christ. Hey, what's up, Andy? How you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for coming on today. Great to have you back on these airwaves. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me again. Laser is proud to present Avenged Sevenfold live at Wells Fargo Arena March 15 with special guests Poppy and Sullivan King. The tour kicks off March 6 in support of the band's eighth studio album, Life is But a Dream. Nice little holiday break in between tours. Yeah, absolutely. Got to be home with the family, right? Yeah, for sure. Besides your podcast, Drinks with Johnny, which I do happen to be a fan of, by the way, what else is keeping you busy? Oh, man, just having a seven-year-old or nearly seven-year-old running around my house and keeping me busy, man. Uh, <laughs> other than that, you know, uh, you know, family life, as you said, we, we came off of a, a second leg of this tour um, at the end of October. Uh, needed to regroup with the family, hang out, do all those things, and uh, also... Uh, a few of our collabs that we've been working on. We got the Fortnite thing coming out. We just launched a, a, a beer that we did with our friends here in Huntington Beach. Um, you know, constantly working on Avenged Sevenfold stuff. There's a few other things coming out in uh, the next coming months as well uh, that we've been working on um, as far as collaborations and, and, and uh, additions to uh, what we've already done so far. And yeah, just keeping busy, man. Some, I, I think it's the same for everybody else. You you wake up on Monday and you, you hit the rat race until Friday and you accomplish so much, but you look back and you're like, I don't really know what the fuck I just did that whole week. <laughs> Ain't it the truth, especially when you have kids. I've got three myself, all under the age of 13, and oh, I keep man. thinking to myself, like, everybody's making these New Year's resolutions. Like, I want to lose weight. I'm like, who needs a gym membership? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I can't imagine three. I, I, I'm a one and done. Me and the wife are one and done. I'm, I'm, I'm good. We got lucky with this one. He's a good kid. I'm sure the next the next ones, if we tried, we're going to be so <laughs> you just never know. I'm glad you brought up family. Last we spoke was June of 2017. So you played the Iowa Speedway with Metallica and Volbeat, and you had just become a dad at that point. It's incredible all that can happen in six or seven years, right? <laughs> right, it's insane. Yeah, that's that's right. Man, that was a that was cool. We did that thing for uh, Ashton Kutcher and his uh, his uh, charity event that he had out there at the Speedway. It was a that was a really cool show. I remember that. Ironically, that same amount of time had passed between the release of The Stage in 2016 and Life is But a Dream last year. It's really an incredible story, the making of this album. In many respects, a complete 180 from what you're probably accustomed to. If you could just reflect back on the creative process and the recording of Life is But a Dream, the way I've heard you explain it, very unorthodox. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was a little different this time. Um, you know, a short, try to make the long story shorter than it truly is. Uh, yeah, we got off the road in 2018. Uh, we had to cancel a tour that we had lined up uh, with Prophets of Rage. Uh, unfortunately, Matt had uh, uh, messed up his vocal cords uh, from a long, grueling, you know, cycle that we did for the stage. And uh, by the end of it, we were just exhausted. So we took a couple months off, some recovery time, and then got to writing pretty much right away um, in at the beginning of 2019. So. We've been demoing and working on these songs since then, and uh, it just got released you know, last year, so it's four years in the making of, the, of that stuff before anyone got to hear what, what we had been doing. And uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we approached it very differently. We wanted to do some different sounds and, and challenge ourselves creatively to uh, 
trim out the fat and still uh, keep it exciting throughout. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, going in and recording, obviously, by the time it was time to do that, we had time set up in studios and everything like that, and the whole world shut down, as everybody knows. And uh, that gave it some more challenges to uh, complete the record uh, in the time that we wanted to. And each each time that pushed back, actually, we looked at with a silver lining to it and uh, and elongated the time for us to work on the music and to work on it sonically and make sure the album as a whole flowed and uh, did what we wanted it to do. Um, and then we put it out, and it's up to the listeners to decide if we did a good job or not. Sure. I'm a guy who grew up in the era of records and, you know, consuming these bodies of work in a sequential fashion, putting the needle down on a vinyl beginning at the beginning and, and just taking the ride. I love the fact that I seem to be the key demo where life is but a dream is concerned and what you were going for. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that comes from, uh, I appreciate that, by the way, and I think that comes from uh, this record and all of our, just like all of our records, it's not unique in this sense, but we definitely take the time to figure out what perspective we have on life and where our muse is based on where we are, right? Uh, we're all, uh, new, new-ish parents with, with families, all of us now. Um, we're, you know, getting into our early forties. Uh, it's not the same thing as when we were 18 years old, just starting this whole thing out. So you get a different perspective 20 plus years later and, uh, it's fun to tap into that and use it as a muse. And when you do that, uh, I feel, and you find stuff that's real um, in life and, and, and can talk and can touch uh, every, everyday people and every, every person out there. Um, and because it is very human, uh, the, the, the perspective and the, the topics that we have on this record, that you're going to get people who are probably of the same age, possibly, um, you know, with the, with the same, same life goals, just trying to just trying to make it and and, and grow their tribe and do the good things. Um, and uh, I think that's why we've we've gotten that feedback from uh, uh, guys like yourself, Andy, and, and some others and, and ladies and everybody. You know, there's there's I feel like there's something to grab onto on this record that definitely is very human, very common for for many of us living on this planet. Yeah. Now, I imagine it makes things very interesting, though, when you're trying to choose, like, singles, for example, and what snapshots that you care to share and how those might entice further exploration for fans. Right, yeah. I mean, this record doesn't uh, have what you would call a traditional single on it, right? Uh, I mean, we went with Nobody first. Uh, it seems like uh, a very obvious choice to us in the band from day one of demoing that one out. I mean, when that riff came up... And, we were we were writing the song. I I remember for me I was like, well, this is the one. This is definitely the, the the first foot forward for us. I think it's the easy transition for the listeners to to get a peek of what the record is um, as much as you can because as we said, um, this record is definitely one that you want to listen to from front to back because um, it does take you on a on a completely journey based on each song. Um, so it does make it difficult in the sense of like which foot do you put forward first. But it's also easier in the sense that you're not putting a lot of uh, uh, faith or or, or re resting on the ability of success based on a single in the traditional form. It's just these are the these are the songs that represent the album best to us, in our opinion, and uh, that's why we're going to release them in this order. It also probably makes it tough when you're deciding which of the new songs eventually see the stage, especially considering some of the really intricate arrangements on some of these songs. Oh, yeah. Luckily, I mean, that's something else that we've been working on while we were 
making the record. Honestly, there's a lot of stuff that in mind for that. Um, each song, as you said, you don't really know until it's all done. And, uh, you know, you, you pick songs that you would like to uh, visually give to the audience, as well as what are the fan favorites? What are the songs that they're gravitating towards now that the album's out? Um, so you, you take that into consideration when you're writing and recording these records a little bit. And then towards the end of it is when we really did. And luckily, there's a lot of great technology that has, uh, you know, uh, just just grown and gotten better uh, during the time off that we had. So uh, being able to accomplish these, you know, grandiose arrangements that you're saying has, has become easier in a sense. Um, there's a little bit more work for, work on the front end, less on the back end than it used to be uh, to accomplish that. So, but it's, it's really fun. It's fun work too. You get to tinker with these new tools and create these new sounds that you're going to be able to actually send to the PA speaker live. I mean, we're, we're tone matching a lot of the guitars and basses and drums and stuff and vocal lines, everything to the album. Uh, so it's, it's very much what you, uh, a, a different experience than I think you get usually. I think there's a unique question to be asked here too, in that you guys had all this extra time to sort of, I don't want to say tinker with your songs, but you had time to sort of fine tune them, hone them in, maybe add some new elements that weren't there originally when you recorded them. So as technology changes and it moves so fast, I mean, we're talking the course of like, what, you said three, four years in total that it took to, you know, write and record these songs. Technology is also changing in that time. So you could feasibly do something completely different. You could have really blown the whole thing up and started over with how technology runs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we could have blown it up, but uh, we were pretty, we were pretty confident and, and happy with the songs that we had. But uh, I mean, yeah, to your point, which we were learning and working with these new, I mean, these new technologies that are out there for musical artists to create uh, sounds that they haven't been necessarily been able to do or maybe not to the quality that they are now. Um, and uh, yeah, for sure. You, you, when you're coming to texture, texture parts on a record of a guitar or a vocal and you can mess with these new effects or, or perfect them, much better and you have more time to do it absolutely you get some more nuanced things in there johnny christ plays bass for avenge sevenfold a spot he's held down since 2002 speaking of the bass it's fascinating how different ears hear different things for some reason bass always stands out to me and this goes way back to guys like john entwistle john deacon cliff burton getty lee just to name a few one thing i want to say about life is but a dream and full disclosure johnny i've always admired your playing but what you did on the new album was next level dude thank you man i really appreciate that yeah it is funny how different people gravitate towards the different instruments though man i've noticed that a lot like when i went just over the years when you're so, showing uh your friends your family music and you're you know watching them for a reaction or waiting for a reaction via text and what the responses are usually and the different people of what they gravitate towards and you can see what they're listening for not even just in our music just other other music too when you're listening with your friends and you're you know i also gravitate towards the bass for natural <laughs> naturally for reasons but it's really um, it's really interesting especially in a band where the guitar sound is so dense standing out like you've done on so much of this album is something i think should be recognized oh, well i appreciate that man i think uh i've always tried to fit in where where i'm supposed to in this band i think that's what what makes us such a tight-knit group is we all understand our roles and where 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 we should be, and we discuss it too. You know, like when we're writing stuff, it's not like 
uh, I just go lay down my base with carte blanche. You know, I'll, I'll lay down a few different things and come back and we all discuss the goods and the bads and, and where, where, where it all needs to fit together to create a song, not a bass part. And, uh, I think that's been, uh, an ideology that we've had since the beginning with every instrument, you know, even guitar solos, we're all checking them out and making like, you know, pushing, pushing Sinister Zaki to, to a place where maybe they're a little less comfortable, but, makes for a better song. Yeah. I know time's running short here. I got one more item, uh, and I'm not privy to the band's process necessarily, but it feels like there was a lot more open improvisation, like you refused to recognize any creative boundaries when it came to making this album. Was it really as experimental, musically speaking, as it feels, at least from my ear? Yes and no. Uh, Sorry to give like a wishy-washy answer there, but yeah, there's parts of it that absolutely, they're we definitely wanted to unchain ourselves and, and go for the freedom expression uh, and, and, and a, to a place that we haven't ventured into creatively. Um, but at the same time, um, it's, more, it's, it's more about knowing the rules at, at this point in our, in our lives of, of songwriting, music theory, enough to know how to break them and use them to your advantage, really, at the end of the day. Hmm. Um, and, and yeah, we, you know, we didn't want everything to sound the way we've done things before. So there's a lot of nuanced chords and, uh, and, and notes that are uh, layered on top that, that create a new chord, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and as that goes on, it's really just, and just being able to go where you want to go with it, not, not play by the rules of music theory, I guess is the way to describe it. Instead of going to the, the usual spot, it was like we purposely wanted to go to, places in the progression that hadn't been ventured into yet. You bet. We're counting down to March 15, the Ides of March, Avenge Sevenfold back in Des Moines playing Wells Fargo Arena with Poppy and Sullivan King. Johnny, thanks again for your time, man. Look forward to seeing you guys. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. And look forward to seeing you too as well, Andy.